Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and you know, I'm really excited to be here with you today, as I am always. And <laughs> if my energy seems a little bit different, it's because it's really early in the morning right now. <laughs> I've got a uh, kind of a busy day ahead of me, so I'm actually uh, doing this podcast at an unusually early hour today. Usually, I do these uh, sometime in the middle of the day. <laughs> And now it's uh it's only about uh what seven o'clock this morning. So anyway, I'm glad I could be here with you today. Um, you know, it's all about being flexible, right? And and the reason for this, the the need for this flexibility is actually because of a really big snowstorm we had over the uh, weekend here in Denver. Uh, we got walloped. I mean, we have like two feet of snow out there or something like that. It was one of those days. And I really love these days. You know, one of these days where, you know, a blizzard is a blizzard is one of the only things that can really do this. You know, even a big hurricane, you know, sometimes we feel like, I mean, it's certainly a hurricane conditions. People stay inside. But, but up until a hurricane or a blizzard, you know, it's usually, you know, people just kind of, you know, try to make their way through the weather stuff that happens, you know. And so, but when a, a, a blizzard dumps two feet of snow within 24 hours, you know, there's nothing you can do. And I always love the fact that, you know, that, that nature has this way of making us, you know, come into the present moment, making us reevaluate what we're doing, making us, you know, uh, compromise on what it is that we think we need to do and, and, and what, you know, what we're, you know, kind of striving towards, right? As you may remember, you know, one of the key aspects of mindfulness practices and, and living with mindfulness is the concept of non-striving, right? And that means that, you know, really allowing life to happen as opposed to, you know, trying to grab that next thing, right? And that's what happens when a big snowstorm like this comes through, you know? We have these plans, we have these, uh, you know, um, uh, responsibilities, we have all these expectations of, of what's going to happen, and then boom, <laughs> you know, all of it changes outside of our, uh, you know, of, of any control that we might have, right? And so, and so as we practice mindfulness, you know, in, in, a, in an ironic way, it prepares us for things like this, right? So, so yesterday when all the plans were changing and everything was all being kind of turned upside down, you know, I was relatively like, okay, well, you know, Let's just take it in stride, right? Because I'm used to it, right? This is what I practice every day, right? I, you know, when we practice mindfulness, when we practice being present and, and accepting what it is that we're finding in this present moment, treating ourselves and others with compassion and bringing a level of curiosity into every one of our experiences, well then, you know, it's no big deal that we have to change everything, you know, that, okay, we went from Saturday where we're going to do all this stuff to, you know what, we're basically trapped indoors for most of the day here. You know, I mean, we'll bundle the kids up at some point, try to get them outside and play. But you know how that goes. Lasts for maybe a half hour, if that. <laughs> and uh, and so we had to readjust, you know, and that's the way, you know, that that's that's what life is all about, right? We only notice it when it's a blizzard or a hurricane or some other, you know, huge force of of nature or whatever that brings life to a halt. You know, we've all experienced it on some level or others. And, and of course, it's no fun when this, you know, when these events, you know, they, they cause damage and they hurt people. And that's, of course, not something that we're enjoying. But, but the, the idea, though, is that, you know, life is always subject 
to this kind of disruption, right? It's just that we don't see it that clearly until it's something that disrupts like a whole city, right? Or a whole country even, right? And and so and so that's why, you know, it's a really good way to illustrate the work that we do here, you know, in this, you know, the work that I talk about here in the podcast and the YouTube channel is to, is to illustrate how it all works when, you know, nature grinds the whole thing to a halt. And it's really kind of fun. And, and it's really kind of, um, and again, I'm not, you know, it's no fun for people who lost their power and, and you know, without heat and, and electricity, you know, that's no fun. And, and it's no fun what happened in Texas a few weeks ago, of course, right? But, but, you know, it's, it's a really, you know, up to the point where people are suffering, you know, it's, it's a very um, advantageous way to kind of remind ourselves that life is unpredictable. And life is fickle, and life is subject to all kinds of last-minute changes and adjustments that might need to happen, right? And the more we can be present with life, right, the more we can practice being rooted and, and centered and grounded right here in this present moment, right, which is the only moment there is, right? When we can practice this, well, then that's what it does, right? It makes us, like, every day can be a snow day, right? And and we don't have to, you know, we don't have to, you know, cling to things. We don't have to, you know, kind of cling to the expectations and, and, and you know, and, and fret over things that don't work out the way that we want them to, right? We don't have to live like that. We can live with, with patience and with acceptance and with, you know, again, compassion and curiosity. And it just, it takes some practice is all. Right. And so that's why we talk about every day, you know, doing a little bit of this practice because it primes you and it prepares you for those times where life disrupts whatever. And again, so many times in our daily lives, if it's not a blizzard or a hurricane or something like that, so many times, you know, when life is telling us, hey, listen, it's not going to work out today. What do we do? We push it through. We, we make it happen, you know. And what else suffers as we try to make these things happen, right? When we refuse to accept the fact that things are going to be different today, right? Again, a blizzard you have no choice but to accept it, right? I mean, because you just can't get anywhere, literally. Like yesterday, the, the wind out there must have been 30-mile-an-hour winds with, with, you know, huge flakes of something. I mean, nobody. I mean, yes, you could technically, you could get somewhere if you had to, but they closed down the interstates. And, I mean, it was a big, big deal. So, so you know, again, it becomes the kind of thing where you have very little choice but to accept the fact that life is doing this big blizzard with two feet of snow within a day, you know? And so and so that's just a, a great lesson. But there's another lesson I want to talk to you about. Uh, and this actually happened on Friday morning. Um, and I want to tell you this story. It's a personal story, uh, something that just happened to me uh, on Friday. And uh, the reason I'm telling you this story is because it's a real... Um, well, a couple of reasons. Number one, I want you to show that I want to show you that even myself, who's been practicing mindfulness for you know nearly ten years now, you know that even some days I am challenged, and and it's not you know again just because we practice these these things and develop these skills, it doesn't mean that life doesn't sometimes dish up a little inconvenience and a little difficulty for us. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story. It's just like, one, oh my gosh, I had one of those days on Friday morning. Um, but but in addition to showing you how 
anybody is subject to this. It's a really great lesson in, in, in staying present and, and overcoming the stress and the, and the reactivity or avoiding the reactivity so that you can, you know, turn the day around. All right. So here's what happens. So, um, you know, most mornings I wake up really early. I, I like to wake up at like 5 a.m. so that I can get a good start on the day. Right. I mean, you know, f between five and like eight or nine is, you know, usually eight or nine is when I start, you know, having to like have meetings and talk to people and, you know, everybody's awake. Um, you know, but so between five and say eight or nine is my time to do, you know, writing and, and really kind of, you know, it's my quiet time to really think about what I'm doing, you know, make plans and 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 kind of you know design some of these podcasts and stuff like that like it's my quiet time you know uh but on friday i had this thing that i had to do right and it, it concerns you know the whole tax returns and all this kind of stuff that was going on i don't want to get into too many details about what was going on right but suffice it to say that um that i i you know i found out that i needed to you know so, something happened with with when i filed my taxes and the way that the return was uh, or the way the refund was being processed, you know, and and it and all of a sudden it looked like there was some uncertainty to it, you know. And of course, you know, it's not like it was an emergency or anything, but but it just it, it's something I needed to deal with, you know. And so this was a time that I know, you know, even though this is usually my very precious, um, you know, quiet, creative time, and this is a time that's very special to me, right? It's a time that I'm I'm in full control, you know, and I get to really kind of set my own tempo, if you will, right? And so, um, so again, you know, unfortunately, that's the only time that I had on Friday to deal with this thing that needed to be dealt with dealt with right and so so I come down to my office, you know, and actually it was a little bit later than it normally was because Thursday night I was kept up. Um, not only do I have late meetings on Thursday, but I also had some stuff with the kids and we just wound up being late. And so so I woke up, you know, instead of five, I probably woke up a little bit after six, you know, which was like already, okay, you know, it's okay, you know, everything's fine, but but it's, you know, we're, we're not, you know, things are not what they should be, if you will, right? So already things were a little off, right? And so again, you know, in breaking with my normal, you know, routine, I had to make this phone call. You know, I had to just deal with something. And I didn't know what it was going to require. You know, it just hopefully it was only going to require like locking in and just checking something and finding something out. But it wasn't like I had to make a call. Right. I had to call uh, TurboTax and then I had to call this, you know, anyway, <laughs> it was again, it's all about how the you know, I had I here's the story. OK, I don't want to get I don't want to be cryptic about it, but I'm trying not to be too too detailed either just because it's like not necessary but but anyway you know my refund was apparently already deposited in my bank like I got this notice saying oh your refund is there and I looked and I said no it's not <laughs> and so so I got to track down this refund right and so so this year TurboTax did this weird thing where they offered you a uh, a credit karma account that you could get your you know they would send you a debit card like right away like within like a couple of days and all your refund money would be on there and so you could get your money faster and it doesn't cost anything and all that and I'm like a sucker for that stuff you know I see that you know it's like recommended on this on the website and a big green highlights so I was like yeah okay why not it's free why not well it didn't work out so well <laughs> you know I never got the card and then it said that my deposit was you know my my direct deposit was in 
but it wasn't. And of course, you know, like that's like who knows what's going on, right? And so, so again, this is something I just I needed to deal with it, right? So Friday morning, I get up and I, you know, I log on and I'm looking. I'm like, okay, just making sure. Okay, it's definitely not my bank account. It's definitely I don't have any emails from this other debit card thing. I never received the debit card, so something's up. So I call the place, right? The first person that I get on the phone, of course, it's, you know, you got to wait five minutes of, you know, listening to this, like, God, awful music. You know, here's one thing. Right? <laughs> I want to just call out all those corporations who give you the opportunity. And there's, it's just been a couple that I've ever heard that, that they give you the opportunity to press a button so that you don't have to listen to the music. Oh, more of that, please. <laughs> Okay, because sitting there for five minutes listening to the same, you know, just the same bar of music basically over and over and over. Oh my gosh, it's it makes five minutes seem a lot longer, you know. And so and so uh so of course after a five minute wait of, you know, this agitating music, I get somebody on the phone and and this person, you know, I, you know, quite frankly, they just weren't very helpful. You know, they, 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 you know, kind of listened to me a little. And then they said, well, the only thing you can do is, is here's a phone number to call the other place, you know, and find out where the card is and find out what's going on. So here you go. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you, I guess. So I call the other place. Oh, by the way, before I get into this, before I even made the first call, Right. And this is just like this just tells you a lot. Right. Before I even made the first phone call and got into any of this. Right. I put my cup of tea down on my desk and this teacup that was a, a hand potted, um, beautiful teacup with this beautiful little leaf on the handle and a cover that fit just so and it was the perfect size it was something my wife gave to me for Christmas well I put it on the on this on my desk and while I was moving my chair to to get seated it, it bumped the desk knocked the cup off the desk broke in like eight different pieces and spilled hot steaming tea all over the, the floor under my desk, right? So that's how things started, <laughs> all right? Then I made this phone call and waited five minutes on hold with this, you know, crazy, awful music that I, you know, really was not, you know, and you can't, like, you can't turn it off because then you're going to miss the people when they, you know, so you kind of have to have it on, you know? Um, and so then, you know, after five minutes of that, I get on the phone with this person and, you know, after a couple of minutes, all they did was give me a number to call for the, the place that was supposedly had the debit card and all that stuff, right? So, okay, so... I call the place <laughs> and now it's all automated, right? And so I put in my birthday, I put in my last four of my social security and then they say, okay, give us your debit card number so we can get somebody to help you. It's like, okay, I don't have a debit card number. That's the problem, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm hitting zero, I'm hitting pound, I'm saying operator and they just keep coming back and say, that is not a valid debit card number. I don't understand your debit card number. Looks like you don't have your debit card number with you. So call us back when you have it. Goodbye. And just let go. Right now I'm just like, like okay, so... <laughs> That was very unfruitful. So now we're into, you know, about 15, 20 minutes, uh, a broken teacup, you know, a, a wet floor underneath me. I got like a bath towel on top of this wet floor so I could put my feet under my desk. 
And now I call back to the original people, right? And now I have to wait like 10 minutes on hold, right? Now, here's the thing. At this point, right, I'm already feeling the, the stress start to build, right? I'm feeling my, my chest is becoming tight. My, you know, my, my, my breathing is a little bit, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's, it's getting a little short. And I'm, I'm definitely feeling the stress in my body, right? And I can notice it. And I'm like, okay, you know, Art, you're getting stressed. You know, you're feeling stress in your body. So, you know, be careful, right? Like that's what it told me is like, be careful, right? Because this is the time where you're going to become reactive and, and you're going to make something, you know, you're going to make a bad situation even worse, right? And so, so I'm sitting there trying, you know, and, and doing my best to stay regulated, right? And after 10 minutes now of this music, if you want to even call it music, you know, I, I get somebody else on the phone, right? And now this person, you know, um, is, it, she was a lovely sounding woman. I mean, she definitely was like cheery and like, you know, like, hey, you know, thanks for calling. I'm here to help you kind of thing, you know. And and as I started to like get, you know, like it was it was such a weird moment, right? Because, you know, I was already like, again, I was feeling the, the, the tension, right? And the stress. And, and quite frankly, you know, anger, you know, for me, and, and again, this is something I've talked about here a lot, right? In this podcast and YouTube channel that, you know, that anger for me is a very familiar emotion, right? To, to get to, right? Like, so my stress, my anxiety, my uh, sort of, uh, you know, agitation is going to, tend towards anger, right? And that's just the way I am because of how how many years I got to practice being angry, you know, how many people around me were always angry and all all of that, right? And so and so as I'm sitting there, I can feel anger kind of knocking on the door if you will, right? I can like feel like okay, this is a place where I get angry. And one of the things that was kind of, you know, irritating me and, and kind of inviting this anger to come in was the fact that this this person on the phone, you know, I know she's just doing her job. I know she's just, you know, she's she's doing what she's supposed to do and all that, right? But but she was, you know, it was like something a little bit too like phony cheery about her voice and it was like, you know, and and I felt as though I was, you know, I, I don't know, I felt like there was a misalignment between where I was at emotionally and where she was at emotionally, right? And so, and, and I could feel at that moment, I could feel that my anger was was starting to, to rise, you know, and that, that this was, you know, this was about to become a thing, right? Like, and, and let me tell you this, if, if 10 years ago, this same exact situation, I would have been, you know, like, talking to this woman in a very inappropriate way and, and asking for a manager and doing that whole thing. I would have been the man Karen, right? And that's, and that is no question that that's where this was going, right? But here's the thing, right? Remember, I practice every day, right? So I could feel this coming on, right? And so what I did was I allowed for compassion to come through, right? I, I, I reminded myself, that this is a moment for compassion for her and for me, right? That is the key here. That is what's going to help, 
right? And it's very counterintuitive, right? Because you don't think about that at that moment, right? This person is here for me, right? Like I paid this company to do this thing and this is a representative of this company and this company is not doing the thing that I paid them for and this representative of the company is here to, to make this right, right? And so, so I don't need to be compassionate for this person. That should not be on me to do that, right? And technically, I guess it's not. I mean, I guess technically it's not on me. It's not my, my responsibility to do that, right? Like, technically, I guess, but I don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> the fact of the matter was that I felt that my, you know, my place, my emotional regulation was was not in a good place at that point, right? Like, I could feel that. And, and that's the other thing, a little digression here, pardon me, but, but, but once you get to a certain point, right, it's not like, like, I didn't have the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to just, you know, walk away from this for 20 minutes and then come back. I didn't have that opportunity, right? I had a full schedule of calls all day on Friday. So I had to deal with this, right? Either I was going to deal with it today or I wasn't going to deal with it. <laughs> and then not dealing with it was going to cause all kinds of other issues, right? There's going to be issues about, you know, other stressors that are going to come from that non-doing, not, not accomplishing this thing, right? And so, and so I didn't have that opportunity right now, you know, and, and when we're in this place, like once it gets to, you know, what, 16 minutes or something of this music already and two customer service people who are not really very in tune with me and, and this other thing that was like a Kafka, you know, brief interlude of Kafka nightmare, right? you know, like I'm already dysregulated, right? So, so it's not a question of just taking a couple of breaths or, you know, and again, I don't have the opportunity to walk away. So at this point, I have to deal with this from this place of stress. I had no choice, right? I had no choice but to deal with what was happening from this place of stress and from the honesty of this place of stress. So this is what I did. Okay. So I, again, I remembered, and, and this is just because of practice, right? Like 10 years ago, this never would have occurred to me, right? But because of my practice, and I hope that the practice that you're doing is going to do the same thing for you, because of the practice, I was able to recognize that the thing that's really needed here is mindful self-compassion, right? So the first thing I did in inside, internally, was I, I, I recognized, I said, you know what, you're in this place right now, you're having a really hard time, you're at the mercy of these people, and there's, you know, there's nothing you can do except to keep going with what you're doing, right? But it's hard, right? So recognizing that already, just recognizing that helps to sort of reframe it a little bit. Right. And all of a sudden I felt a little bit of space. I felt a little bit of like, oh, OK, I can breathe a little bit. Just saying that, just saying to myself that this is hard, you know, like recognizing it, stopping for a moment, recognizing that it's hard. And then I recognized that this woman doesn't know me. And she doesn't know what I've been through. And she doesn't know what I've been through this morning, what I've been through for my life. She doesn't know anything. Right. And so, so at that moment, right, I decided to embrace and allow compassion to be the thing that motivated me, right? And let me tell you about what happened here, 
Okay, let me tell you this. It's really just absolutely beautiful. Well, two two really important things happen. Number one is that what what when I when I took a deep breath and I and I committed to staying in a space of compassion, right? What the next step was that I said to this woman, I said, you know, I think her name was Ophelia. I said, Ophelia, I know that you're doing your job and I know that you're probably really good at your job, but I just need you to understand that this has been a really difficult situation for me already this morning. You know, I'm going through a really hard time here. You know, I, I explained everything that happened, right? Not that I'm going through a hard time here. I didn't say that. I just explained what happened. And I said that I, I really need to, you know, get this settled today. And I feel like I, I, I just, I'm hoping that you're going to be able to, to be, you know, more sort of, um, I don't remember even the words I used, but I, the, the whole point was that I was very assertive with myself, right? But I was not unkind, See, I was assertive with a kindness and a compassion and an understanding that Ophelia, you know, she might be having a hard day too, right? And 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 she might not want to be sitting here with me on the phone, right? And so so once I was able to do that, right? Now I can speak from a place that is not anger, that is not frustration, that is not taking this frustration out on this poor woman, Ophelia, who's just sitting there making her hourly wage and, and doing the best that she can, right? And also who may, again, be suffering on some level that I don't know about, right? So once I, once I went through that thought process, right, now we're speaking kindly to each other. And because she heard that from me, she was like, wow, you know, she was like, okay, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm going to do what I can to fix this. All right. Hold on a second. And she got on the phone with one of her colleagues and they were, you know, they, they got me these alternate numbers. And I said, okay, well, let me, you know, and she said, she said, if you want, call them while I'm on the phone and, and merge us in on the call and I'll, I'll be here to help you. You know, if they tell you that they can't help you, I'll, I'll be here. And I was like, awesome, Ophelia. This is great. Thank you. I tried the number. It didn't work. You know, so Ophelia, it didn't work. I'm really sorry. She got on my screen sharing. Like the, the point is that, that Ophelia went above and beyond to help me, right? This would not have happened if I was nasty to Ophelia. If I was telling Ophelia like, gosh darn it, I paid you for this. You blah, 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 right? Ophelia would not have gone the extra mile for me, right? And so, so the point, but the bigger point here, right, the much bigger point here, right, is that, is that in this, you know, from this, as soon as I was able to employ compassion in this situation, not only did everything change with Ophelia, and I wound up getting my answer and gotten everything transferred within five minutes. Like, it, it worked. Everything was great. And it all, it all worked out, which again, that wouldn't have happened if I kept on with the anger. In all likelihood, it would have been another three calls before I got it all figured out, right? And Ophelia wouldn't have been wrong to be like, Sorry, I don't know what else I can do for you, sir. You know, Mr. Karen, you know, <laughs> keep talking mean to me and see what happens, you know. But that's the way that I used to operate. And that's the way a lot of people operate. And you know what? The feeling is like I have a right to this, right? Because, you know, because I did pay you this money and I and I am entitled to this service. So screw you and your feelings. I don't want to, you know, I don't have to be nice to you. You, it's your job to help me, right? Now, that reasoning is not unsound, but it's not compassionate, 
And you know what? In the end, it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't happen that way. And really, once you, when you can employ compassion, that's when you get somebody to feel you, right? Like I was willing to tell Ophelia that I felt her, right? I feel that she's on the phone here right now with somebody. It's not her fault personally that I'm in this space, but I am in a place of, of great agitation. I'm grumpy. I'm cranky. And darn it, I need some answers, you know? So it's not her fault that I was in that place, right? So the minute she understood or the minute she felt that I cared enough about her, well, then she cared enough about me, right? But again, the much bigger picture here, the much bigger thing that happened here was that in the past, right, this exchange to start the day, the day would have been written off. Right. I would have said, OK, well, it's just one of these days. I'm having a crappy day. Look at how it started. And then and then you know what? When we think we're going to have a crappy day, guess what? Nine times out of 10, crappy is the day that we're going to have. Right. Because we kind of make it happen. Right. But because I was able to to, you know, to have some compassion and because, you know, you know, because of that compassion, everything did work out. I mean, I got my thing fixed but I also reminded myself of the compassion towards myself and towards others. And what that enabled was for the rest of the day to be just what the rest of the day was going to be, right? It didn't have to be colored by this. And I wound up having an amazing day on Friday. I had amazing meetings with people. I had amazing times with my kids in between the meetings. And everything was beautiful, right? And it's just because all because I was able to practice mindful compassion, otherwise known as heartfulness. And that is what I teach. So if, if, if anything in this story resonates with you and you would like to learn more about how these practices work and how to get these practices started in your life, I'm going to put a link to, to, to book a call with me, a free call with me in the description below. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I wish you well, and I'll be back again tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.